Hey, welcome back. I'm so happy you came back. You came back to your favorite podcast. Now, why is it your favorite podcast? I'll tell you why. Because you get amazing energy listening to it and you feel connected. You feel connected to our community. What's this podcast? It's Bold Perceptions. And today we have a great episode with my friend and my teammate, well, he's not my teammate anymore because they just sent him home, but it's Tyler. Tyler's a Florida boy, played some college football, Division One, in New York, and made a stint in arena football. Tyler's got an amazing story, battling through adversity, not taking no for an answer. There's a lot of good pieces in here. It's a little choppy because we had to record multiple times because of uh, circumstances, but you will enjoy it. And... I will miss Tyler. I built a good relationship with him on and off the field, and I hope uh, we cross paths in the future, preferably on the football field. But it's probably best he's back home where he's safe and uh, not in this freaking quarantine. But hey, like, subscribe, message us on Instagram, Facebook, write reviews, Shoot us messages, get in contact with us, offer us suggestions. See how you can be a part of this good, positive energy, this community we are building. So hey, enjoy the episode. Hi, here we go. Round two of trying to record this podcast uh, with my guest. The first time we were in uh, Florence on top of a... um, apartment building overlooking the the domo the famous cathedral in florence it was beautiful but we had a couple of bottles of wine so it was a little sloppy we decided to to redo it but here i'm here with uh my teammate in bologna is uh his name is tyler he's from florida and uh his first year over here in europe he's played some arena ball played division one ball in uh, new york at colgate university uh, defensive back, but uh, Tyler, he's kind of undersized for DB. Um, he's got white skin color, and you don't see many white <laughs> DBs out there, especially at the Division One level. So, and I've kind of seen the last month in practice that there's a reason why he has succeeded. You know, kind of despite the odds, he's got a, a warrior in him. He's got like a chip, that Florida man chip, and uh, and I'm excited to kind of get in that mindset with you listeners and. You know, all the people that want to play college ball and whatnot uh, kind of get some advice from them. So, Tyler, kind of shoot our our listeners a, a background. Background, like you said, from Florida. Florida ball, grew up high school. Okay, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Uh, grew up in Florida, played high school ball. I've lived in Florida my whole life. Spent the past four years in upstate New York playing college ball. Once I graduated, I decided I need to see more of the world, so I came to Europe to play ball. Yeah, and um, Colgate, you were an All-American. Yes, sir, um, my senior year. Um, I feel like the accolades just from starting as a freshman, playing all four years as a starter, on a significant defense, we were number one in the nation, comparable in both FBS and FCS level my senior year. So just playing against a group of guys like that, with the mentality to put in the work and we'll succeed, it's just... I'm blessed to be an All-American. Yeah, what what got you to be that All-American? I mean, it ain't uh, sorry, it ain't it ain't easy to to get to that level in Division One football. 
Hey, we're recording. Can you whistle over there? <laughs> what was the question? What, what did you get? <laughs> How did you get to that level? You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of film study that goes on. It's, it started when I was younger. My dad. I don't speak okay. Italian. And you're, you're interrupting. You're interrupting. Just to reiterate the question, what made me specifically become an All-American um, started when I was younger. My dad put me in a league, Pop Warner. Um, heard that, right? Pop Warner. Yeah. Young football. Young football, young boy football. Um, I've been playing since the age of seven, in third grade. I want to say third grade. Around then. Um, he was a coach, and the coaches would have coaches meeting every Monday, and he'd bring me to them. And that's when I just fell in love with the game, started watching film, started to prepare, strategize a way to beat our opponent. And since then, it's just been the same kind of attitude. Yeah, no, I love that. And then you played in Florida, too, and there's a lot of good football in Florida. And the whole reason I bring up the, the race part is because it is a, yeah, a big factor yeah, in football, yeah. and a lot of uh, people can be intimidated by, um, for example, I played in junior college football, and we had a lot of dudes from Southside Chicago. A lot of good dudes, you know. I still keep in contact with them, but they test you. You know what I mean? And, and in football, it's the ultimate test sport. It's the ulti it's the ultimate man sport. It's a man sport. Mm -hmm. Just to line up against somebody, Just, uh, physically abuse them. I'm recording. Okay, so you got kind of harassed by some people, and there was some some noise outside, so we moved into. Uh, uh, a basement cafe, pretty neat spot, but we were just uh, going off the point about um, kind of getting tested in the football world, and uh, when it comes to being a white dude in Florida playing DB, I assume you're getting lots of uh, tests from people. Now, how did you deal with those tests and, and beat them? Um, it's kind of difficult to explain. I just have to give credit to my 7-on-7 seven -seven coach, Kiwan Ratliff. He had played a his college career at the University of Florida, played for a couple teams in the NFL. Um, he just kind of put the mentality in my mindset that it's mano y mano out there, it's every man against themselves. And, and yeah, you heard me, every man against themselves. It's just, what, what, kind of, what kind of player are you gonna show up and beat today? Are you gonna be the one to step down because you're kind of intimidated by somebody or are you gonna rise to the occasion? And since then, it's always, it's been stuck in my head to just, when it comes on, when it comes to time to strap up the cleats, put on the pads, and it's just, it's ball, man. Yeah, no doubt. It's, um, you said it, you ain't competing against them. Yeah. You're competing against yourself. And then people, I'm telling you, and uh, like I always relate football to life. There's so many similarities and su success and, you know, how working with the team, adversity, perseverance, whatnot. But in the real world with people, people can sense weakness. And when they see it, they're going to exploit it. But okay, so Florida, you know, how did, how did high school go and, and what kind of recruiting process did you go through? Um, I went kind of through the recruiting process a little late in my high school career. I had a significant knee injury my sophomore season. Um, came back, rehabbed, had a decent uh, showing out junior year, then senior year is kind of when I took off and exploded. I had a couple offers come through the spring of my junior season, right before uh, the senior fiasco. But I had eight offers. 
I was mainly looking at FAU, Air Force, Colgate, and Holy Cross. And after visiting those schools, I just decided Colgate was home for me. Just the way they brought me in, treated me like a family member rather than kind of persuading me to try different things. It was kind of just, you come in here, you're one of us, but at the same time, we'll let you do what you gotta do. Just be on track with your academics and the rest will pay out. Yeah, the whole recruiting game is very interesting and in how you know some teams go about it and the gut feelings you get from it. And it's tough because in college football, these coaches, they got to put food on the table for their for their kids, yeah. their family. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's a business, yeah. Yeah. and it's it's yeah. not a you know walk in the park. They're gonna tell you what they want to sell you. And didn't you say you had um, a similar experience with FAU, which is a a Florida hometown college? You know what I mean? I mean, I assume you want to strap up for your your hometown, right? Yeah, um, FAU offered me and one of my best friends in high school kind of like a package deal. Um, I went to commit there and then they basically just told me off and said, no, we're not ready to take you. And from then on, that's when like it goes back to like that dog mentality, like, all right, well, I'm gonna go to a school that wants me. And Colgate was right at the top of that list. The coaches were like, you're the, they, they were honest with me from the start. You're our number one defensive back recruit on our board. Like if we get you, great. If not, we'll be, we'll be seeing you in the future. But I mean, that's just kind of what took it there. Uh, and that happens. That happens a lot in uh, recruiting, especially if you're not a five-star guy. Yeah. Know what I mean? Like you get you get sold a lot of crap, and then um, you know people they they whip you around, and that dealing with that rejection or dealing with people that you know don't want you. How did uh, did you take it, and how did you not let it bring you down, thinking you're not maybe good enough? I used it as fuel. Yep. Small guy, chip on my shoulder. I've always been that way. Not the biggest in the room, not the loudest in the room, but. When I play, you feel me. Yeah. Kind of quiet assassin or what? Uh, no, you talk a little bit. Quiet, quiet sometimes. When, when I get going though, my mouth tends to run. Yeah, how do you think people can take rejection like that and use it as fuel? A lot of people, they, their ego gets bruised. How do you, did you not let it hurt uh, your ego instead motivate you? Because I knew I was better than what they were telling me I was, if that makes sense. Like they were saying, oh yeah, like, you're a good player, but we don't think you could play at this level, at this caliber of football. But me being the guy I am, I can play wherever. Just give me a shot. So you just took it as they were ignorant. Like yeah. they didn't have yeah. the knowledge. Okay, yeah. they didn't know. Cool. So you took this fire, you took this energy in the Colgate. Kind of um, tell us going into, you know, from Florida to New York, going into Division One program. How you were able to get your foot in the door? Did you have some problems, or how that experience start off? The only problems I had at Colgate were academic-wise. Football is kind of a breeze because being from Florida, you live, breathe, eat football down there. That's that's all you do. Same with Texas, same with California. But with that said, it's just, I already knew the game plan going into it. Um, I just used that to my advantage, me being a football player, studying film since I was at a young age just coming in there, trying to build a brotherhood with the new guys, new teammates. I'd say that was the toughest part, just becoming comfortable with the people I'd be playing with. But once that happened, at the end of the day, it's just, it's still ball. Yeah, because it's a whole new uh, pool of people you're yeah. around. You got, uh, yeah. nobody knows you. So you you got, go from the top of the totem pole right back to the bottom. To the you bottom. work yourself way back up. Yeah, and uh, that's a big thing, because a lot of dudes are the, the big fish in the small pond in high school recruiting. You know, you could be your best player on a 
3A team or whatever, and then yeah. you go somewhere and kind of get a reality check. Now, it sounds like you've always kind of had that, hey, just put the helmet on and, and go to work, but for people that don't necessarily have that, and when they take that ego hit of not being the big dog no more, what do you think your best advice would be going into that just, kind of situation? Just keep pushing, man. Find yourself a home, find, find where you're wanted, find where you're comfortable, and just you live out every day trying to be the best version of you as possible. Like, yes, you'll have failures. Yes, you'll get denied and neglected, but at the end of the day, it's only you that you got in your corner, so you might as well rock with it. Yeah, no doubt. That sounds really similar to um, uh, Josh Parks that we had on. He was a, ended up being a Division three All-American, trying to make his way, I think, in the CFL right now, and he was a big fish in a small pond, you know, went to the University of Minnesota and just got slapped. Because he kept, uh, what he said was, that was his image, this football player and that. And all of a sudden he's six on the depth chart and not playing. And he's like, who am I? You know, kind of yeah. lost. But it sounds like you got to find out kind of who you are. Not let the outside stuff kind of define you. Yeah, that's the toughest part is just the outside noises that try to bring you down. You just got to find a way to blockade that out. And just focus on you and focus on what you really want for yourself. I like it. Now Colgate, it's... Um, a good academic school, no doubt, and then obviously playing Division One football is a freaking full-time job almost. Mm -hmm. How were you able to balance things out? You said you had struggles in academics. What were some, you know, tips and, and lessons that got you straight to to have the career you did? Um, it just starts with trial and error. Freshman year, I was doing things I probably shouldn't have been doing. Don't take that the wrong way. I just wasn't focusing on my studies. I wasn't studying as much. Um, I would skip class because I was tired from football. And then once I fell into that routine, I noticed things started to get really bad academically. So I knew I had to turn it around. So the first thing I did was I, I sought help. I went to my counselors, advisors, coaches, teammates. What can I do to get myself back on track? And that's a problem I see a lot with a lot of people nowadays. Like. If you know you need help, just ask for it. People are willing to help you no matter where you are. Yeah, put the pride aside and yeah. just ask for it. Yeah. I agree, I agree. Um, talk about that, uh, that, that Colgate University and kind of what uh, college prepared you for and, and what you got most out of, uh, you know, it's a really good school academically. The most I got out of it was a different perception on the way of life, how things, are reacted and how they act towards each other this is it's bigger than football it's bigger than academics it's bigger than myself and it's bigger than you it's just the way that the world runs and i'm not talking about power and money it's just how people get along with each other different areas different regions and how you can make amends with what you've done wrong what they've done wrong and try to make a right by that just coming together with the people in general i think that's what college is definitely best yeah. for learning how to deal with different types of people yeah. seeing different backgrounds you know was there a culture shock then from florida to the upstate new york oh yeah the biggest one was definitely in the finance area coming where i'm from i was well off but the people at colgate it's it's daddy's money over there they're their dads are paying tuition out of pocket, and it's nothing to them. They'll get a great degree, they'll get an easy, nice job in corporate America, wherever, and they'll be settled for life, basically. But from where I'm from, that, that was the biggest culture shock. 
Okay. Just saying that I don't fit in unless it's with an athlete. Okay. Did you learn to kind of fit in with those guys? Did you see from their perspective or you just didn't really relate? I didn't really relate because I grew up in a household that if I want it, I need to go get it. And I feel like the people who I went to school with, some of my classmates grew up in a household where if they want it, they already have it. And that was the biggest difference for me. Okay. Um, speaking on how you kind of grew up, uh, I bet there's a lot of people that, that could relate to it. You want to kind of say how you grew up? So I grew up in a household of two, not knowing it for a while. But basically my mom was single when I was from when I was born, so probably about the age of three or four. And then she married my father now. Um, it's tough, you know, like being a kid, you don't realize how good you got it until you get older. And she would always tell me that and I would just kind of shove it under the rug, like, all right, mom, you don't know what you're talking about, but your parents are right, man. They want, they want exactly what's best for you. They know what's best for you. Take their guidance, follow their wings, just, yeah. So, not growing up with your bio biological father, what kind of effect did that have on you? It didn't really affect me in my everyday life. It kind of affected my mental aspect of life. If any of you guys are out here listening and you have a child, be a father to that child. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And it sounds like you were able to find father figures though yeah. with that uh, DB coach because hey shout out you know the single mothers they, they do crazy jobs but there's some things that you can't teach uh, a boy a yeah. son that yeah. a man needs to do so you, you said you found some mentors biggest thing was finding a mentor to help me become the player I want to be but most importantly become a better person in the environment I was living in now what to these mentors kind of install in you to be that better person? What did you really take at that that age? Cliche, but hard work beats talent. Happens every time. Yeah, and you kind of showed that throughout your career with the Florida and then going to Colgate, doing all that, becoming an All-American, and uh, keeping your foot on the pedal, playing arena ball, huh? How was that experience? <laughs> uh... Arena ball, man, it's, it's a one of a kind. Um, I had a up and down experience. I played a very short end of season. I played the last three games for the 2019 season for the Orlando Predators. The biggest problem with them is they were just, they were just, it was a bad organization. It was disorganized. I don't know, I don't want to know where the money was coming from. <laughs> But as far as the playing aspect of it, it was it's different. It's eight on eight. The field is a lot smaller. It's a lot less wider. Um, it's very fast. Scores are teams can score 80, 90, 100 points a game. Um, but yeah, it's a it's like an enhanced step seven on seven. Yeah. It's an offensive league. Um, it really, it's really that's the epitome of. Man-on-man -man football. Yeah. Say. Yeah, it's a closed spot. A yeah. lot of speed, a lot of fast. Aren't the fans a little crazy, too? Oh, yeah, you can interact with the fans. You can talk shit to the fans right before kickoff. 
high five fans after the kickoff. I think it's, the beer's cheap, so they're getting pretty. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a night out. Yeah, it's the XFL before the XFL. Speaking of that, it's doing pretty cool. The XFL, good for them. Shout out uh, Vince McMahon. Hopefully that keeps rolling. Um, but now you're you're in Europe, uh, playing in Italy. Love how it. did that? How did that come about? Um, I got in contact with the guy who is in charge of Seaman Milano, I believe, and I just told him I was interested in playing, and he kind of put me in contact with the Warriors of Bologna, and it kind of just took off from there. They sent me a contract. I told them I'd give a couple of days to think about it, but this decision was already made up in my head. Like, if you're paying me to play football and travel Europe, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts. You got to do it. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet gig that not many people are aware of, especially um, college athletes. I know I wasn't, but yeah. uh, once you get over here and, and start, uh, you know, living the life and um, <laughs> Live, living the life, it is it is definitely it's like. Uh, you know, playing the game you love, but doing it in a whole different world and seeing different things, having amazing um, experiences. Now, you've, you've traveled before this, haven't you? This is my second time in Europe. The first time was a couple months ago for Thanksgiving week. Uh, it was just like a quick family vacation. We toured Spain, Germany, and France a little bit. Um, but yeah, that was nice. It kind of really opened up my eyes to this new, different, like new cultures, different regions of the world, uh, different people, different languages, and it made me, it made me start to think like, what do I know about my aspect of what a good life means? And for that, I wanted to come to Europe and kind of figure figure things out on a new page in this chapter. Yeah, it's uh, getting out of the bubble. You yeah. know what I mean, and yeah. seeing all these different things that. You didn't even know existed, and it just kind of is as cliche as it gets. It really opens up uh, the brain. Yeah. You start kind of figuring out more about yourself and whatnot. Now, I know me and you were in Florence, where this uh, the picture of this podcast is, and I mean, how was that experience? You want the honest one or the? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you brought it uncut. Uh, brought it uncut. Okay. Um, on the way to Florence, woke up in Bologna catching a trade, probably woke up at like 8.30, woke up still drunk from the night before. The whole day when we got to Florence, still drunk, recorded the podcast, still drunk, that's why we're here for take two. But nah man, Florence, it's it's unreal, it's beautiful, it's, it's, a, different, it's a different vibe than Bologna, I want to say it's like New York City compared to like Tampa. Um, it's more lively. People are everywhere. It's a big tourist spot, but yeah, it was it was a nice time. <clears throat> yeah, the views are ridiculous, and there's a couple times we kind of caught ourselves like, I mean, it doesn't feel real. Yeah, it's, I I I say this every day, even on the way to record this podcast. Today, it's like I ask myself like, what am I doing here? Like, like me, I sh I shouldn't be here, but I am. Like, what did I do right? You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like uh, that hard work is kind of paid off, yeah. and, and I think, um, yeah. you know, football is giving me a lot, not just, you know, on the field, but outside of it, and... It's like a, it's like a pull and a push lever, like you put in, you put in work, work puts in for you. And you'd say the game has been very impactful on your life, huh? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's been worth all I the, I didn't go the to blood, school, sweat. I didn't, I didn't go to school to play school. Was it worth all the extra sprints, all the all the different things, you know, given you're all into something? Of course, but you know, every every athlete hates all those sprints. They hate you don't like waking up early for morning runs. You don't like after practice conditioning. You don't like lifting weights right before practice, but you do it because you like the outcome on the field when you win. And that's why you get back in the gym the next day. You get back in the film room the next day and you start the process all over again. It's I agree. A, it's a way of life. It's a habitual way of life. And if you fall in love with the, if you fall in love with the program, you reap the benefits. Totally, and that's a big key though, is falling in love with that journey. Otherwise, you ain't gonna make it, you know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. and once you look back and you're like, hey, damn, it was kind of fun in fall camp, messing around with the guys, playing some ping pong in the locker room, taking those ice baths, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's something you gotta learn how to fall in love with, huh? Yeah, for sure. It's great, man. So, through your playing career, through your first 22 years of life, um, I know a big uh, lesson or a big philosophy you live by is, you know, working hard, but is there any other things that you could shoot our listeners? Just don't take no for an answer. Like, it goes with anything. You get neglected with the scholarship offer. A school doesn't want you. Um, somebody says they don't want to help you. There's always somebody else you can go to. There's always somebody else that will take you in tell you what you need to hear, put you in the right direction so you can reap the benefits of it. Totally. Don't take no for no answer. What are you looking forward to this rest of this experience here in Italy? I know we're kind of under the coronavirus right now. Pray L for us. Yeah, a little harder to travel. Our season's getting pushed back, but uh, what are you uh, looking to you know take away from these next couple months you're over here? Uh, well, today I was looking forward to our first game but that's getting pushed back. So I, now, I haven't really thought about it. The, mindset, the mindset's probably gonna shift more towards building more of a connection and friendships with my teammates first and foremost. Um, and just kind of going from there, you know, I don't, I don't like to plan ahead. I kind of just go with the flow and wherever life takes me, it takes me. But if I had a plan for right now, it's just, just become closer with the people around me, build stronger relationships and just go every day living about that. Live in the moment for sure. Cool, man. And I've talked to you um, building a community here with this Bull Perceptions. Would you be open to uh, kind of speaking with people maybe going on the college recruitment process, playing yeah. in college, yeah. and even, you know, father figures, you know, that you didn't have one really when you were younger, or your biological dad. I mean, connecting with our community, helping them out. Yeah. They got questions, they need answers. I can give them my best answer might not be the right advice you need to hear, might not be what you want to hear, but I mean, help is here. If you need help, I'm here. Love it. Any final words, Tyler? No, have a good day, pray for us. Don't take no for an answer. Don't take no for an answer. <laughs>